Hello and welcome to a very special, um, well I say very special, we're always really special on the show, episode of the Portsmouth, exactly Dave, exactly Dave, <laughs> of the Portsmouth Running Podcast and yeah, episode 65, which is, which is just fantastic and obviously it's our new show for 2023, um, our first show for 2023 and I'm feeling great and excited about the coming year and um, we've got like, quite a few interviews and podcasts and giveaways and races kind of coming up this year so it's going to be exciting and look forward to having all of our listeners along for the journey as well in 2023 so um, as always i'm joined by dave harvey my my good friend good human being dave how are you feeling mate 2023 all right man happy new year and to you too is it, is it still okay to say happy new year i'm halfway through january well i yeah. guess so i think the uh i think the happy has worn off and it's just new year now isn't it so I've been back at work <laughs> after Christmas for long enough for not to not be happy anymore. <laughs> good point. Good point. Yeah, it is just just New Year and stuff. But yeah, oh gosh, it's been um, it's a bit of bit of a shell shock after Christmas and all the food and stuff. I think we've pretty much devoured most of the Christmas food now, about halfway through January. But I'm feeling like, oh, I just need to yeah get back to training, which I've been trying to do over the last few weeks. But how about you? Yeah, yeah. I found I found Christmas. Uh, it wasn't the eating. That I had a problem with it was the drinking and oh. by, by the time we got to New Year's Eve I was like we just need to get all of this alcohol drunk tonight and out of the house yep. so we had a bit of a bender on New Year's Eve and I was really <laughs> unwell for about two days <laughs> it's just horrible coming back coming back to running after like you know whether it's liquid a liquid thing like you've done or whether it's just like chocolates and crisps like I did but honestly yeah. I, I tried I tried a few sessions between Christmas and New Year and one of them in particular, I went out with with my friend Naeem and we were we were going to do some we we're going to try some mile reps just to kind of see where we were. And honestly, like for, for two days of fueling on after eight trips, I just could not, I just could not go. I I, 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 I had to give up the session like a mile in. It's awful. Yeah, you just feel a bit dirty, don't you? It's and and empty. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, like you haven't got an engine there anymore. It's just like just yeah. a shell of a person. But um, but no, well, we've got. I was supposed to be training in that time, like just really light. But there's something about that time time of the uh, year after the Pompey Marathon. I just don't take anything very seriously and just allow myself to be lazy yeah. and not commit to anything. So the new year comes and then suddenly like my mindset changes almost as like, you know, basically on the 1st of January. And it always does. Yeah. So I've been pretty well behaved this month so far generally good, good. I'm, <laughs> I'm very pleased to hear it and obviously we've it's been great kind of catching up with you a couple of times and getting to run on the yeah on the south downs with you guys and um yeah it's been really good the last couple of weeks although the weather was was pretty rubbish and now it's bright but cold <laughs> but it's, yeah. uh, it's been good good few weeks what a contrast it was over those two weekends because when i went out with you it was just wind it, the wind on top of butzer was strong was it yeah, <laughs> we could really hard strong. to stand up yeah Whereas yesterday it was just heavenly frosty ice um, and shimmered. It was almost like I'd accidentally eaten some uh, some of the mushrooms off the ground and <laughs> was in this kind of dream state. Uh, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, no, I saw some photos that you took from, from Butter. And in fact, um, I think I saw some photos, funny enough, from our guest that we've got on the show later, James Grinter. I saw some photos from him with some like really low cloud in Burriton when he was on uh or, or harting when he was up up on top of harting looks amazing yeah yeah it, it was awesome awesome yeah so that so, was a good 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 uh interview that one 
Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And I think, like, you know, listeners, you're in for a treat because, uh, yeah, we've got uh, James Grunter, who is a, a local runner to to the Portsmouth area. We'll call it we'll call it the wider area. Um, you often find James on the on the South Downs climbing the hills and stuff. But, yeah, James is like a he's a huge lover of the outdoors, isn't he, Dave? He just loves yeah. kind of hiking, running and he's been up and down with the running over the years. But it was really good to hear from him. And. I think one of the most outstanding things about James is that he's well, he, yeah, lots of he's done lots of cool stuff. But he did um, run and finish the Joggle, which is the John O'Groot to Lands End uh, route, I guess we'll call it, which is yeah, kind of I guess corner to, corner to corner of the UK with his friend, which was yeah, really good to hear about. So yeah, tune in for that, and uh, we'll stay listening for that. Um, mm. And we've also got a also got a special guest, uh, Dave, something something new that we're going to try on the show. <laughs> awesome. I've, I've been telling you a little bit about uh, about yeah. Ricky Ricky Wayne. So Ricky Wayne is uh, he is also like myself on the Hoka Racer program, and Ricky I met Ricky obviously through the program, and he just has this incredible amount of energy and and love for the running. And if you follow him on on Instagram, which I I urge all runners who are on Instagram to give him a follow. It's Ricky R I C K I Wayne W Y N N E you find Ricky on there he just kind of he just releases stories every day and he's he's a roofer by trade so he's out in the kind of elements and the cold and stuff um most days I think that's on the interview that I you know when I, when I asked him questions and stuff he said that's where he kind of picks up a lot of his resilience for being out running but he just he records videos every day just telling people to keep showing up that's his motto Ricky's motto is keep showing up um and yeah it was just good to kind of chat with Ricky a little bit and just get him on for it for a five minutes just to give us a little bit of a boost for our for our own running and kind of hear from Ricky and see how see how he motivates himself to, to get himself out. But Ricky's broken a world record with the most vert and descent uh, done in a 24-hour period. He did that last year. Um, I think he, Dave, I think he runs about, a, I think I'm sure he's about a 2.30 marathon runner. So he's like, wow. he's like rapid, really, really rapid. And he's he loves the mountains. Uh, he came, I think he placed at the top 100 at CCC last year. Right. Wow. So, yeah, run of really good quality. But anyway, let's head over. We'll hear from Ricky and then we'll come back, Dave, and find out what you're doing this year. Because I'm pretty excited to hear about all your events because you've got some crazy <laughs> stuff coming up, dude. <laughs> right, let's head over to Ricky and we'll speak to you in a bit. Hello, Ricky Wayne. Welcome to this short and new, relatively new, special kind of show segment for the start of, of January. So how are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, man. It's... Uh... It's brilliant to finally actually speak to you in person. You know, I know we're not seeing each other in person, but we're speaking to each other face to face as such. You know, it's deadly. I've been, I've been a fan of you for a while, and and, and uh, I'm looking forward to having a chat with you. Oh, mate, honestly, it's 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 a the pleasure's all mine, and it's a, and it's a real honour and privilege to have you on the show because obviously you're a you're a man of of who's achieved some great things with your running and the amount of energy that you put into your runs as well, which is. You know, I think it's absolutely phenomenal. So it's yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure to kind of get to know you through the Hoka Racer team, um, which is obviously like we're, we're kind of the Hoka we're Hoka brothers there, dude. I think we're going to call it that. <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah. just going to be going to be good to have a chat. And now listen, Rick, Ricky, you're from is it, am I gonna, am I pronouncing it right by saying Leitrim in Ireland? <laughs> you're close, Leitrim. Leitrim is what it's Leitrim. called. And, uh, Leitrim is in the west of Ireland. And, okay. Uh, like a lot of people wouldn't know where that is, but if most people that know Ireland know of Galway, so I wouldn't be too far from Galway. It'd be like maybe an hour and a half drive from Galway. 
Okay, okay. I did actually I did actually Google it on the map, so I know it's kind of um not too far from from the border, but it's like yeah, on the it's like north northwest. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Stone's Big. throw from the border. Yeah. Exactly, and you've and as I said earlier, you've you've got a, like a string of just incredible like running performances and race results. So I could kind of we could we could have a whole show with you on here about this, but um obviously at the moment I would I would love to kind of find out a little bit more about how you motivate yourself um through the year because honestly people that follow you and if you don't follow Ricky Wayne please do um you can you can get him off my friends list you can find him on on uh, on Instagram but Ricky your videos are just amazing because they really do inject what I feel is like the, actually the way I feel when I run you know it's just all that energy that kind of like you just want to get out there and get the run done but so I just want to find out a little bit more about kind of like how you, how you do that and stuff. So yeah, pleased to get you on the show. Thanks for coming on and yeah, appreciate it. But I guess your, the energy that you kind of display for your running and stuff like that, is that, is that, does that come normal? Is that, have you always been like that? Do your friends and family know you like that? Yeah. Like most people that know me is that like, I'm, I'm, I'm always like, I try to always be in a good mood, you know, I, like I always wake up, I'm pretty happy, da, 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 whatever. But we say for the, for the energy, the energy I get is I get that energy from running, you know, and nearly every one of my posts are put up just after a run because just after a run is when you're super pumped, you know, oh, yeah. especially if you've had a good run, you know, or even if you went for an easy run and it just felt good or you had a race or you did something, the adrenaline's pumping, the endorphins are pumping. And, and then that's it. When I first started, like when I first joined Instagram, I didn't want to do something like that. I was thinking, I'm not going to go on video. I look like a dope or I look like a fool, <laughs> you know, and, and people just think you're you're just an idiot or something. But I did it and I got a little response from two or three people and then maybe a few more people. And then I got some comments saying, we really like this. And I said, sure, look, I'll keep it going, you know. And now I, I, I enjoy doing it. It's, it's a bit of crack. And I never, like, like sometimes I could come across a bit like... um pushy or something like that i never mean for that i am always trying to throw out something positive like you know because like i'm not a professional athlete by no means but that doesn't mean that i can't think like a professional that doesn't yeah. mean like i don't want to be a professional you know that yeah. i want to tell everybody that if you put your mind to something you can actually do it like you know there's nothing stopping anybody everyone thinks that oh you need to be super talented or you need to be this build or that shape or this tall or this small or whatever you know you're talking to somebody who like for those of you that can't see me or never met me, I'm only five foot two, you know. And like all my life, I played football in the GAA, which is a, a pretty tough sport here in Ireland. And predominantly, you need to be tall because you need to be able to jump up and catch the ball. So I was yep. always the smallest guy in the field. But I always, I always had this sort of like confidence that if I train harder than everybody else on this football field, I will be the best player in this football field. And like, I just carried that through into the running. You know, I didn't start running until I was 32 and now I'm 40, you know, and like every year since I started running, I swear I do always say, I say, that's the best year I ever had in my life, you know? And then the next year, that's the best year I ever had. And so on and so forth, you know, it just gets better. It just gets better all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, look, there's, there's no secrets. Like there is no secrets. People say, how did you get so good? It's because I just run and I run consistently. I train consistently. And if you practice something long enough and hard enough, you just naturally get better at it. And that's it. There is no secret. It's just 
try to do it as often as you can, you know, without getting injured. But as well as that, like, it doesn't have to be just running either. It's like whatever you do, you know. Yeah. If you yeah. if you enjoy doing something, Jesus, do it as much as you can. That's what I think, you know. That's it, man. We're all we're all on this rock for a for a short amount of time, and you got to make kind of make the most of it, don't you, while you're here. So, uh, completely uh, completely agree with that. And and listen, like with. Obviously, the weather's like changed recently. Like we, we're now in the winter months and stuff like that. And no one likes kind of those that autumn period. Well, it's nice. It's pretty. It's uh, you know I, I I enjoy it. But you know with the warmth and the cold and stuff like that, how the hell do you motivate yourself to get up? Because you do some epically long morning runs. You've got lots of like vert that you're doing around there in the mountains. How do you like like what motivates you to get up in the morning? Is there any <laughs> particular? I know you said there's no secret, but but how does it work for you? Yeah, well, like for someone like me that people can see what I'm doing now because I, I, I post a lot about it on Instagram or stuff like that. But I think the winter months, yeah, believe me, I don't enjoy running in the dark. I don't enjoy having to put a head torch and 40 layers of clothes on. But the difference yeah. is that I know how hard that is. So I'm motivated by that because when the summer comes around, it's a little harder to tell people, you know, I do say keep showing up to everybody. But I mean, it's very easy to show up when the sun is shining and it's 25 degrees and you don't need to run with a shirt on and you can just run around a little pair of shorts and it's a pair of shades on you and it's deadly. Yeah. You don't yeah. need motivation to that. So you need motivation in the winter time. So I do store all that up and then use it all in the winter, you know. But then the other thing I'd kind of say is like motivation is the wrong word for it. It's, it's just sort of a discipline. It's like if you get into the routine of running, you'll do it. You know, because if you're just motivated to do it, then there'll be days you're not motivated. So I do always say, save the motivation for the stuff you don't want to do, because you shouldn't need motivation for the stuff you do want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Oh, brilliant. There, yeah. And um, I was going to ask you as well, like you lost, I think it was last year when you set that world record, didn't you? yeah yeah unbelievable um, I, I i watched a, a couple of uh video short videos about that and stuff and absolutely amazing so can, can you take us through like what you had to do yeah so i had to run up and down a mountain called pro patrick 15 times in 24 hours so like for anyone that doesn't know pro patrick it's 764 meters and it's straight up it's 764 meters in three and a half kilometers Wow. And it's probably the steepest mountain in Ireland. So, okay. like, it's like the Holy Mountain. Everyone calls it the Holy Mountain. There'd be <laughs> a, a thing called Reek Sunday, and thousands and thousands of people come up and walk this mountain. And some people walk it in their bare feet and everything. It's it's crazy. Wow. But I did it on that mountain because in 2011, um, 12 guys went up and down the mountain 12 times. And then I says, well, geez, there's a record I could break. And then I heard then that I, I looked around and I searched on the internet and I found, geez, there's the world record for that. So the world record at the time for the most meters ascended and descended on foot in 24 hours was 11,796 meters. And I said, well, if I go up and down that mountain 15 times, I'll get the world record, you know. Wow. But the main reason I did it, I, I a friend of mine was diagnosed with motor neuron disease. And like... I was just like, man, I have to do something, you know, and I didn't want to do, I didn't want to run like 10 Martins in 10 days. It's, that's just not my thing. You know, I'm a mountain runner and I was thinking, what can I do? And it just came to me and I said, you know, I train on that mountain all the time. And I said, that's what I want to do. I want to break the world record on that mountain for motor neuron disease. I managed to raise 
37,000 euro as well. Oh, as wow. Well. Mm. That's massive, dude. That's a huge amount of money you raised there and, and such a massive challenge as well. I can't believe um, you must, you must, I mean, going into that, were you like, this is a world record. This is going to be, this is going to be tough. Like, were there any moments where you thought I can't do another, another ascent or descent of that? I, I hate to be boring, but I didn't. I never, Did... I never doubted it. I never doubted it because I'm not surprised. I was only after winning. <laughs> I was only after winning a race in in Donegal, and that race is called the Seven Sisters. And the Seven Sisters is a 55 kilometer race with 4,300 meters of climbing, and it's like one of the toughest races in Europe. And it's up in one of the harshest places in Ireland. It's up in the top of Donegal. Yeah. And like I spent so much time training for that race. I knew coming into the Crow Patrick Challenge, I was very fit and I was very strong and my climbing legs were good. And the difference was Crow Patrick wasn't a race, you know. I had some of my friends there. I had my brother there. I had my cousin there. I had my wife there. And Every time I came down, I got to meet those people. I got to meet the man that I was doing it for, you know. Yeah. Uh, Damon Reynolds was his name and I got to talk to those people at the bottom every time and have a joke and have a laugh, you know. So when you have all those people around you, it just powers you on, you know. Not for a minute did I think I wasn't going to do it, you know. Yeah, yeah, amazing, I guess. And yeah, and like you say, I think the people elements of running is always good as well because that always helps with the energy injection as well. So that's uh, a good point there, good point there. Now, listen, Ricky, I, I think you knew I was going to take this conversation somewhere here at some point. What what hoka shoe at the moment are you enjoying? Uh, um right now i am doing most of my running like to be honest with you my favorite cliff um, hawker shoe of all time is the clifton and i'm a okay. mountain runner and I, I i just love the clifton so i spend a lot of time in the clifton on the trails i'm on the roads i'm in the clifton and on the trails right now i'm in the evo i'm on the mafade the mafade and the tecton x at the minute on the trails Okay. And actually, today I went running and I was on this, in the Speedgoat 5. You know, they're just all brilliant shoes. They're just, yeah. I, I love them, you know. And um, actually, my my introduction to Hoka was back in 2016 or 20, yeah, 2016. I did a 50K Ultra. It was my first ever Ultra. And yep. when I got to the start line, I was looking around. I saw these dudes and they were wearing these big shoes you know I said, what the <laughs> hell are these shoes i didn't know what they were the they time. must be heavy yeah yeah and i was thinking why is everyone wearing these you know i've never seen them before in my life and i had a pair of like adidas or something on me and at the end of the race oh my god my feet were broken they were broken yeah. and i just got talking to a couple of them guys who were wearing the hocus and i went away and i bought myself a pair and i have never took my feet out of hocus since you know it's yeah, like yeah. i love the shoe like i love them so right now clifton a is on the roads and uh let's say detecting x and the evo mafati are what i'm using on the trails right now nice nice and i i ran in the speedgoat fives this weekend gone in the rain and, and mud and they, they were they were superb i do like i do like what they've done with the fifth iteration of that shoe as well it's uh got such a comf a comfy upper compared to the it really has really has yeah it's a lovely shoe and for me for road like i went out today and just randomly picked up the, the bondi x i mean, just because I, I like i like cosmetically I love, that, I love that shoe i love how it feels and looks together on on the foot but um i'm, I'm more sway towards the bondi because just because yeah. i love i love the cushioning on the bondi and it reminds me a little bit of the it's like a kind of stacked clifton for me but yeah super comfy 
so there is, so there is a there is a hocus shoe for everyone. Ricky, last 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 words for um, our listeners who who might be feeling the the winter blues. What any any motivation to keep them going this week? Yeah, well, like anyone that follows me or knows me, they'll know that I always keep telling everybody you just keep showing up, you know, because That's it. it doesn't matter. Look, we all have we all have hard days. We all go to work every day and we come home and it's hard to get off the couch and it's hard to get away from the fire on these cold winter nights. But I'm telling you, it's like this. Winter miles equals summer smiles. When when hey. the sun comes out, you'll be really happy that you did it in the winter. You know, you'll be super fit come winter or come summertime. Love it, Ricky. Love it. Listen, thanks so much for coming on. Look forward to seeing you. Uh, we're going to chat to you hopefully on uh, on a few more of these. So uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll find out more and more uh, about yourself and and kind of like fit the, those jigsaw pieces in. And um, we can tell the listeners about some more of your achievements and forthcoming races like UTMB, for example. So uh, we'll chat to you soon, Ricky. Thanks so much. And yeah, all the best. Good luck running. Keep showing up. There we go, Dave. That was it. Awesome. And I know you didn't hear that. <laughs> Sorry? You didn't hear that or you haven't heard I it didn't, yet. But I look forward to listening to it. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should go and give go and give Ricky a follow because he's he's such a lovely guy. Yeah. He's he's yeah. He's just such a nice guy to speak to. He's always full of energy and stuff. And I think uh, you know John Cosgrove? Yeah. John Cosgrove actually had to get a tattoo on him because uh, he had a bet with Ricky that Ricky wouldn't place in the top hundred at CCC. Uh, <laughs> and actually john got the tattoo done a few weeks ago so <laughs> brilliant so listen uh what have you got coming up this year because you know i know okay so so listeners out there may have may have seen the bbc article going around you know what i'm talking about the tunnel yes okay yes. so so go on what have you got line it up so yeah, I've ah, nothing at the moment that is out of the, the tunnel actually no it's a lie so I've got the tunnel, which is 200 miles um, going up and down a one mile tunnel. In the and dark. then the other day I was having a really, really bad day at work and I was just in a really bad mood. And I thought, how am I going to cheer myself up? <laughs> so, <laughs> so in my own kind of like warped logic, I decided to sign up to the bridge 200 as well and had paid. Hold on, hold, hold, hold on to you before you go on. What, yeah. Just quickly, quickly, what is it? Um, 200 miles over the Seven Bridge. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, carry on. So, so, so why did you do that? <laughs> well, I was in a bad mood at work. I wanted something to make me feel better. And I thought that would be the thing that made me feel better. <laughs> and then I realised that it's only four or five weeks after the tunnel. And I'm not going to be able to do it, really. So, <laughs> so no. it's a total waste of time. But they've got a 100-mile version. So I might go and see if I can do that one instead. Okay. Two, so. okay okay so we've yeah. been toying with this idea haven't we between us like yes i might yes. come along as well i don't know uh so so you've got those two what else have you got have you got anything else booked in i've got absolutely nothing else so i was thinking to put myself in name in the ballot for sparta i was cool. also going to put my name in the ballot for tour de Gion and then see if either of those come through and okay. if they don't then it will be long last but i'm kind of thinking that i need to go to get some non last redemption anyway so part of me wants to just get into that i think so okay yeah, so you want to go so, so obviously for those who don't know north north wales coast to the south wales coast yeah 250 yeah so i crashed out in a um sort of del- uh, delirious horrible kind of like state 
a couple of years ago so we've only 25 miles to go so oh dave you were so, <laughs> <laughs> so it, needs, it needs to be done but what about yourself have you got anything else any, anything that you've done any daft race signups just yet no, I'm, I've obviously been been chatting with the the council a little bit now about putting on our smogathon race. Yeah. Um, so people watch out watch out for the announcement. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna gather names for people who want to come and join us for um, a fun run, a fun marathon uh, around the Farlington roundabout by the motorway. <laughs> so get get all the get all the lovely views and carbon monoxide fumes into your lungs. So yeah. Um. So no, I've, I've obviously that's that which I've. What I want to plan. I I did win a race entry actually over Christmas, which I was really happy about. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be going to do. Um, it's a, it's a company, an event company called Run Through UK. So people yes. may have seen them seen them advertising races around. I think they do the they organise the Goodwood races and stuff. Um, so I'm going to go and do their 63 or 64k route from Godalming back to Godalming. It's a big big kind of circle around that area. Yeah. That's in May. And I know it's kind of around the same time as the bridge, but the bridge would, if I entered the bridge, the bridge would take priority. Um, I think that's it, really. I'm going to put my name in for Sparta as well. So there is a chance yeah. that maybe both of us might go to Sparta, Dave. What do you think? Maybe, maybe. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> that, would be, that would be fantastic. Um, obviously, I couldn't put my name in the hat for Western States this year, so I'm not going to do that. But I'm, I think I'm potentially if those two, if those things don't come off i'm going to do the north downs away 100 and the autumn 100 and just kind of yeah. tick tick off all the all the in inverted commas four centurion races that i've wanted to do they're good races man they're worth doing definitely yeah yeah the the autumn one not too sure how to, how to kind of handle that one really because it's, it's a strange time of year where the weather could get horrendous but still warm enough um, yeah it's, it's, it's pretty pretty straightforward yeah, um, it seems all right. It's out and backs, isn't it, on, along the Thames Path and the Ridgeway. So it's quite a nice one, actually. Yeah, I think I might. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think as well, obviously, like I do a lot of racing with Jason as well. And I think Jason's keen to, to enter the Autumn 100 as well. So I was thinking the North Downs Way 100 as well. I don't know. I know how much you feel about how badly you feel about that route, but <laughs> yeah, it's got to be done at some and, point. Yeah, I need to I need to go back and do it at some point and try and get under 24 hours because... The first time I went and did it, I was I'd done pretty decent time at um, Thames Path, mm -hmm. and thought that I would just walk, you know, like stroll the North Downs hundred, and it ate me up and spat me out. I was an absolute mess. So, yeah. and then went back, and the same thing happened again. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you come, you have to come and have. A, is that would that suit you at all this year? Like in terms of timing of no, races or anything? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, June's, June is going to be prime training time for that race, isn't it? So yeah, I'm, I'm doing both Download Festival and Glastonbury in June. So I'm going to miss out on a big chunk of training time there. So. I think the, the only training you'd be, you'd be able to get in there is um, sleep deprivation training. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant, Dave. Oh, listen, it's going to be an exciting year, actually. I'm really looking forward to it. Although I don't have anything yeah. like secure yet. I've got ideas floating about. Yeah. So. Pretty I always excited. find like I'm not very good at planning stuff. So in the last few years, I've been very lucky in that I'll, I'll sort of scatter my name across ballots. Mm. And by and large, I've, for the last four or five years, I guess, you know, bar the pandemic and that, I've always got into something that has been quite um, good to get me focused and that has inspired me. Yeah. Um, 
so when you get to the beginning of a year like this there's still some ballots to come up isn't there and there's still yeah. some things to come through so there's almost this like feeling of not quite knowing what you're going to do yet because there's a sort of like a a race and then a couple of backup races and you know like obviously you probably do this as well as me throughout the year is just um sign up to the odd marathon with a week to go and yeah. be very impulsive about race signups so Absolutely. you said oh that sounds good someone said that so let's go and do that with them yeah. and you know it's been all so, over yeah <laughs> uh, for me it's so, always just the timing it's always just trying to you know because obviously the the long races really take it out like you know you can spend a couple of days out if we do the bridge if i do the bridge 200 that'll hmm. be like three days away so that's kind of awesome. yeah and yeah <laughs> So if you oh. want, um, I can see if I if you want to purchase a place on the bridge one hundred, I can see if Mark can just swap our names around and I'll do the, and you can do, have the two hundred place and I'll do the hundred. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. So I'll keep I'll keep you posted and let you know. Yeah, do you want me to ask him? <laughs> yeah, see see what he says. See if he's yeah. see, see if he'd be up for that. Okay. Um, but I was going to ask you as well, like the, it, it would be really nice I thought for us just to cover like what's coming up locally over the next kind of month. Sounds good, man. Because I know there's quite a few people looking forward to their first half marathon race of the year because they ha we have got the Portsmouth Coastal Half Marathon, which is another one of Rob's events coming up on the, I think it's the 5th of Feb. Right. So far away. Yeah. I might I might go down there for the day, actually, and just kind of snap some uh, snap some photos and try, try the new camera out and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I've spoken to a lot of people who are training for that one at the moment. And uh, yeah, goodness knows what it's going to be like. I think I know who's going to win that one. But I'm not going to say anything on, online. Okay. It wouldn't be fair to. <laughs> but somebody's been training really hard. Um, Portsmouth Outdoor Fitness. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously the, the the Goodwood races, Dave. Have you ever been to Goodwood to race? No, I haven't yet. But I do oh. I do want to go and do one of those. Yeah, I'd, I'd love it. Days again. That's run through uh, run through UK. They've got right. the. They've, I think they're doing a 50k as well on the 12th of Feb. So they've got a. Yeah, it's a 10k half marathon, marathon and 50k. So I was right. going to do that originally because I run through UK is who I won the race with. So I was going to go and do that, but now I'm going to go and do their their trail one instead in May. So it should be good. But you know, um, I think in, in other news, I think South Sea Park Run News they had a run director takeover, which is quite strange because the run directors do a lot of work anyway. But they they took over the event a couple of weeks ago in one of the one of the hor horrific um, mornings. So, uh, so, so they did all the roles there. That was quite good. And I think, yeah, well done to everyone getting to South Sea Park over the last couple of weekends because it's been pretty horrific. Although this weekend was fantastic. Yeah. Good. It was really nice down there. Um, yeah, and I think that's it really kind of locally. I don't know whether Phil Hoy's got any events coming up that you know of, because I, I know he does the spring, no, the spring half, yeah. the half, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll have to keep, keep an eye out for that and maybe even get Phil on the show at some point in the show because it would be really good to chat with him. Absolutely. Cool. Well, listen, I'm going to let yeah. you go off and enjoy the rest of your day. And often, how, how is Hetty? How's Heather? Heather running? Yeah, they're all good. They're all good. It's Sunday evening, though, isn't it, Dan? So the uh, anxiety of having to go and do a bloody week of work is starting to <laughs> in now. Yeah, I know. Oh. It's awful. <laughs> well, Dave, hopefully this, this has maybe cheered you up just a little bit speaking about races. Yeah. Just that little tiny bit. <laughs> and thank Cheers, you again dude. for the lovely tour of your workplace uh, the other day. It was good, good to kind of see you in, in a work environment. Yeah, very different, isn't it? So yeah, thank you for coming to play the bagpipes for the patients. They they really really enjoyed it. So 
the pleasure yeah, i look forward to it and again that was that was lovely and um yeah dave and good luck with this week hope it goes well um hope training goes well and i would it would be awesome to catch up with you at some point this week yeah definitely all right then all right take it take care have a good evening and speak to you soon bye so hello, James Grinter, and welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. I'm so pleased that you can you can join us and we've made this happen. But uh, I guess, first of all, how how are you doing? Yeah, th- thanks for having me, Dan. Uh, yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Yeah, you? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Like, a bit sick and tired of the wind and rain, I think, as everyone is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've got no dry shoes left, so every day now it's trying to scramble through the cupboard, find a dry pair of trainers. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's mental, that, isn't it? Do you know, like, there's, there's, this, there's this trick I learned recently. Well, not recently, but like a while ago. That um, I think everyone knows this anyway. It's not a trick. But you roll up you roll up a couple of balls of newspaper and throw them into your shoes, and the next day they're dry. Uh, yeah, it kind of works. You need a bit of you need a bit of radiator heat or something as well, don't you? <laughs> yeah, maybe like maybe the net radiator. Yeah, next to the radiator will work. But I find if I put my shoes on the radiator too much, then I'm I'm looking for trouble. I don't know what it does. Something on the fabric. I uh, doesn't like it. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, we'll see. But uh, no, listen, it's yeah. it's great. What's that? I was going to say it is minging though, isn't it? It is minging. I've got like six pairs of shoes that I normally use. And I'm pretty sure now all of my shoes have been banished to the porch by Heather. All of them are cold and wet almost all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave, listen, it's great that you could join us. I know you were you were busy putting on some rice a, f- a few minutes ago, so we thought you were going to be a few more minutes. But welcome, man. Welcome to you as well. Uh, it's good that we can kind yeah, of make we, we made this happen now because I think it was only just a few weeks ago that we all ended up in in a dark car park in Burriton with the South Sea Fell Runners. Yeah, that was um, that was actually my first South Sea Fell run- Runners. Uh, club run as well to be honest so i've met most of the guys before uh, but that was my first club run yeah oh brilliant okay oh that, that was that was really good timing then because obviously dave dave you recommended james come on as a guest to the show um a, yeah. a while ago yeah. you know what james i think that was my first one as well if i'm, oh, really? I'm pretty sure yeah i've always missed them because i've always been doing something on my own you know <laughs> it's nice <laughs> nice to meet everyone it was a good turnout yeah yeah, yeah. I was, Okay, yeah, I was good. I was good because I was going to say I think that was the like the largest turnout by about four times that uh, Jack had experienced. So it was fantastic. Um, but yeah, sec- I guess the, that was the first week of bad weather, and then we've had obviously the the one this weekend gone as well, which was pretty muddy. So, um, but listen, James, just to start with, um, our listeners obviously know you by name so far, because um, I've, I've I've mentioned your name uh, when you when you joined. But um, are you able to tell us like a little bit more about yourself, like where where you hail from? um like a little bit about yourself like what you do for a living etc maybe like how your running is and stuff just just a quick quick description of, of who you are over to you yes so uh yeah born and born and raised in Denmead I've spent most of my life here I moved out for a couple of years here and there but I've stayed local so Denmead guy um all of the running uh that I prefer is over on the South Downs and the Neon Valley in general is brilliant uh work-wise I've, I've spent 12 years uh up until last January in forestry and arb so specifically tree cutting on high voltage power lines oh wow so, yeah did that and that was all over the south all over the countryside um 12 years at the same company contracting um mm-hmm. and then i set my own business up last january um sort of basically a gardener but you know i do patios and fencing and still do a bit of tree work everything in the garden that's what i've been doing for a year it's going well and uh and yeah that's that's pretty much me at the moment oh, interesting to know interesting to know so you're so you're not too far away from from you from you dave are you guys close together like a few miles a few miles apart 
Yeah, we um we actually met up on Sunday for a run. So we are just a few miles. Dave's in only at the road in Clanfield, so I just drove over. We did a, a local loop. Nice. Yeah, there's lots to explore by the sound of things around here that I haven't actually found out yet. I don't really go down the sort of like Denmead Way trails much more. I normally go a bit kind of north towards the South Downs. But yeah, it's epic. Do you know what? It's, I it's, heard a lot of good. Yeah. It was actually in um, lockdown. I hate to bring that back up. I know everyone's getting over it now, but <laughs> yeah. in lockdown, uh, you know, we, we weren't allowed to do anything. Um, I had OS Maps app. I don't know if you guys use it on the mobile phone. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, it's a really good app. Um, I just highly recommend that to anyone. Anyway, um, my wife and I just every day would sort of pack a bag for some lunch and just disappear out into the countryside. And we just ended up walking like that one exercise a day, but sort of stretched it out a bit. And we just ended up walking, I think, every footpath in probably a 15 to 20 mile radius. Wow. Um, over the whole period, you know, like that's that's all you could do on a weekend was go out for your one day, one one exercise a day. And that's kind of what we did. And I discovered so much on the doorstep that I didn't really know was there. Oh, so, wow. that's yeah. A good outcome from uh, from from COVID then or yeah, for at least from the from the practices we were kind of restricted to, and I guess you had that kind of thing like, how long are we allowed to be out for? I, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, there there wasn't really a time limit, so I guess there's a bit of a grey area, wasn't it? But you know, we were yeah. out out in the middle of nowhere, um, and yeah, just exploring. Didn't have to oh, be long. That's cool. That's awesome. So yeah, I guess you've picked up some new running routes and stuff some around of the my, area. Some of my favourite ones, yeah. So that was great. Oh, Highly brilliant. recommend that to anyone. Nice, nice, and 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 uh, Dave and Dave and uh, Dave and James, is there a music link between you guys? You guys are both um, in music bands as well. <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we just discovered that we we both like music and probably a similar taste somewhere. So okay. well, it definitely it definitely crosses over. So yeah, that that kind of come naturally in conversation. <laughs> have you have you heard any of Dave's uh, belligerence band music? Oh, so I didn't, I didn't. I didn't know Dave was in a band. This is yeah. new to me. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're gonna have to share this now. Yeah. Well, not right now, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's a few videos and uh, some tunes out there that I have to share with you, James. Uh, oh, wicked! Yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. And some hilarious some music videos as well. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I look forward to that. They've actually, um, Dave, like, agreed that we could use one of their band tunes for the podcast. So that's kind of like our intro music from oh, from, from, from Belligerence. I, I always forget the name of the tune, Dave, but I think it's One Thing's Clear. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. I love it. It's got a, it's got a, it's got a brilliant, brilliant melody to it and stuff like that. But yeah, so, so, so what do you play, uh, James, out of interest? What, 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 what instrument? Oh, man. So I haven't actually played since 2017, but I did play drums. I picked up in um, you know, it's early secondary school and just played. Oh, okay. um, did the usual make bands at school with your friends. And uh, even from a young age, we were playing a lot of even pub open mic nights. And then it sort of evolved as we got older to like the Wedgwood Rooms, you know, in South Sea. Everyone's oh, cool. favourite local venue. We, we did that sort of thing in the Guildhall and... Um, Nice. I sort of yeah disappeared for a few years out of that. Um, I picked up again in my mid twenties. Did a couple of bands with friends, um, which was good fun. And then the the last one, I wasn't really into it. I was in in it for the wrong reasons. I kind of resented that scene and that part of it, and uh, just just bailed out, sold the drum kit, and I haven't played since. 
Okay. But I do, yeah, I do miss it. Yeah. Oh, nice. I think I just always think music's like such a good thing if you've got if you if it's something you're you're into and so it's such a nice kind of outlet to kind of escape. You know, we said like running's an escape in itself, and and you know playing video games is an escape. But like music's like ultra special, I think, to be able to just go off and. I totally agree. I think but we could do the uh, we could do one of the world's first bagpipe fronted uh, metal bands here, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think corn. I think corn got there already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah brilliant so listen james any other any other kind of hidden talents that uh that keep you busy when you're not running oh man i'm not sure there's <laughs> possibly, possibly one or two but <laughs> i don't know brilliant brilliant good good listen james um as a lover of the outdoors and kind of like running and and hiking particularly you uh you recently i think you recently went on holiday and 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 this is me like doing research for the show and stuff like that but you went to you, you went traveling around costa rica didn't you so how, how was that trip so that was um that was kind of like the main honeymoon. So I got married in uh in June this uh, last year. Um, yeah, thank you. We we wanted to go to Costa Rica, but it was a rainy season in the summer, or our summer. So we waited. That's why we've been recently. So awesome. uh, yeah, that that was an awesome trip. There's a bit of everything. Did a few jungle treks. You only sort of do a couple of miles, and it feels like you've been out for ages because you can't move too fast in the jungle when you're not used to it plenty of things that will jump out and bite you if you're not careful and there's also so much to look at and enjoy so a couple of mile hikes nothing hardcore it was a honeymoon um so yeah nice, nice. <laughs> i bet the colors in the jungle must be like incredible like all, even just the leaves and the like those strange birds with like red beaks and must be yeah like you it's, say like loads to look at all the time it's just so overwhelming that was the that's the, like the furthest away from home i've ever been um I've never been anywhere as exotic as that. And that's kind of why we wanted to go. But it's so overwhelming just as soon as you arrive and um, get out. And, and it's like the Garden of Eden. Uh, sorry, what is it? The Eden Project in Cornwall. It's like yes. the Eden Project, but, but you know, the real deal. There's macaws flying over your head and monkeys in trees. And it's just wow. crazy. Madness, madness. Does he, there's, there is a race there. Um, Dave, what's the, the race? Is it the Costa Rica Jungle Challenge or something? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah, there's a few over that way, aren't they? There's like Patagonia ones across the deserts and um, the Atacama, is it? Maybe. I don't know. Might be the wrong, so, wrong continent. <laughs> this, came up in, this came up in conversation the other day when out for a run. It was actually on the, the uh, club run. Um, and um, it came up in conversation. I Googled it when I got back, and there is. It's like a five day race in Costa Rica. Now, that after I've been there, that blows my mind because you can't go for a walk in the jungle without worrying about soldier ants or you know just vipers and stuff so to imagine running through there especially as the field the pack might break up and you're on your own that yeah. just seems crazy to me but fair play <laughs> okay i'm gonna have to ask i'm gonna have to ask somebody about that because I, I know someone i know someone through somebody else who's who's run that before so i'm gonna have to ask her when i when i see her next Wow, hats off! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds sounds like an epic challenge. Yeah, but listen, you, you, I mean, you've done some some pretty epic uh, kind of like running over the years and stuff, and I'm really looking forward to kind of like finding out a bit more. But um, you know, one that kind of stands out particularly that we're going to ask you about is um, you running uh, the length of is it the length of the UK top to bottom or is it like kind of corner to corner? Uh, so it's the length of Britain because obviously we're not including Northern Ireland. Um, yeah. it's, it's called it depends what way you do so if you, you can either go land's end to john o'groats or john o'groats to land's end which is the iconic end-to-end -end route um so uh we did joggle john o'groats to land's end um okay we actually started 
a tiny bit. So John O'Groats isn't the furthest northeasterly point of mainland Britain. Um, about a mile and a half up the road, you can go to Duncansby Head. Um, okay. And that is actually, so funny enough, we actually started there um, and then went to John O'Groats, got there 10 minutes later, did the start photos and then and then carried on. <laughs> ah, cool. Okay, so you did a little bit extra on the end. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, what a what an epic journey. I can't wait to find out more about that and uh, and things. And then obviously, like on the flip side of that, you get to do like some, uh, I believe you get to do some junior park runs as well too with um, with your son. Is that right? Uh, we've done the, the full, he's done the full park runs, yeah, not the juniors. He's done <laughs> the full? Wow. Yeah, straight in there. So we've only done two. It was the, the QE. Um, I did offer to take him somewhere else, but I think he really likes the QE one. And it was a whole, because uh, it was a couple of years later, it's like, I'll go back and beat my time, which he did, which is great. Nice. And we did a, we did one of the Maverick night runs at the end of last year. Okay. Um, How did he yeah, get on? Yeah, loved it. I think you wave a medal in front of them and it's just, yeah, they'll do anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. It's like medals and, and goodie bags at the end of a run, like will entice any child. <laughs> it's it's like... funny, you like take them for a walk and a few miles in, you might they might have a stitch and, oh, we got to stop, we got to slow down. You go on to a, a race where there's a medal at the end and, that, and he's running through that stitch. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah 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 oh excellent that's that's really fantastic to hear i, lo- I love that and and so yeah sorry so the full park runs that's good because i know there's a junior park run in water waterlooville as well yeah my nieces actually do that yeah <laughs> yeah that's really good up there yeah, teams there are good and there's one in bransbury park in portsmouth as well i've heard that is... um on the junior park runs once you've got to i think i can't remember how many it is 21 i think it is once once they've done 21 junior park runs they get a marathon wristband so i think that equals the marathon I'm yeah, there's sure a, the, yeah. No, you're right. You're, yeah, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. But there's three wristbands they can get. There's one when they do eleven, so they get a half marathon wristband. Yeah. And then one at one at the marathon, and then they've got an orange um 50k wristband as well when they've done. Oh really? Yeah, I can't remember how many years. Yeah. Oh, I love so, it. Uh, yeah, 25. So yeah, all good, but brilliant. Um, yeah, no, it's good. I, I can't wait to kind of dig in, dig more into the uh into the running, and um, I guess like a good place to start. Um, and I know Dave, you, like you've shared your your running story on this, sh- on kind of like the show as a, as a guest as well. But like, just curious how going to like John O'Groats the Lens and and all the running kind of started for you, because you you told me in in a bit of info we exchanged that that you kind of ran in school and you weren't that keen on it and stuff, and and then you've kind of like been on and off over the years and stuff. But yeah, where where did it all start for you? uh yeah do you know what um without waffling on too much i think it, it did it did actually all start the john O'Groats lands end you know all that big running and everything i'm doing now i think it started at day one i think i was always so bad at sports i think i lacked the confidence you know to really go for it um so i sucked at team sports and as i said to you it was a sports day we had to sign up to an event all, all that was left was the 1100 meter sprint I gave it my all. Everybody else just ran ahead, left me at the back. You know, I was in bits at the end. I hated it. I, I just hated running. So really? actually in like year 10, 11, I used to just bunk off from PE, you know, just wasn't interested. Yeah. Um, just didn't like the environment. And then, um, yeah, eventually I did the Great South Run twice, 2010, 2011. Okay. Um, no training, went straight in. And I actually loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Um, you must have done the, the race have you done yeah I've, I've done it i think I'm, i may have probably done my first ones around that time as well so i was probably probably there in the crowd with you i think during during those years but yeah it's just I... it's such a such a good event like um i had no experience with uh running and 10 miles at that time felt like such a long way and i did it with mm-hmm. a friend both times 
and uh yeah i can't remember we did like an hour and 28 on the first time and an hour and 22 on the second which Brilliant. yeah and there's like kids giving you high fives on the and you're running around port yeah it's great isn't it so uh so yeah i kind of had a desire at that point to um i think yeah as you get older you kind of do sort of get interested in being fitter and stronger don't you and it kind of mm. that escalated a, a little bit more over the years um but yeah life got quite busy when i was younger um a young parent and, and and whatever else so i had little time little money um and i'd just get out for a run with the dog as and when i could yeah yeah, yeah. but you've but, all, but yeah. You, I mean, you, you've always loved like the outdoors haven't you as, as the hiking the, the no, hiking sure. and camping stuff has that always been there yeah, my brother-in-law's a few years older than me, and um, God, we're going back to 2011 or 10 or something. He, he uh, took me with a couple of friends up to the Lake District um, and to Brecon Beacons and North Wales, and uh, on, you know various trips. And uh, I just had my my dad's old hiking retro hiking bag and some hand-me-down sleeping bag and some heavy roll mat, and I'd go with them and just yeah, I got super into it um, hiking camping for a couple of nights and driving home just went to all these amazing places and i kind of fell in love with it the first time i went and uh yeah, i've never really stopped to be honest <laughs> nice nice do you know do you know i'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be controversial here and and, and go against the grain because dave i don't know how you how you feel about about camping and hiking but i know you've you've been away re- um, and done it haven't you like what are you, what are your, what's your feeling on camping and hiking dave um I did it when I was younger and I really loved it and um, have more recently kind of put it into going for sort of days out in the Lake District, but always coming back to a campsite rather than wild camping. So, um, yeah, I loved it as long as it's not raining, then it's all right. It's really fun. But, um, See, last, this is... uh, last year in the Lake District, it was pissing it down. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the thing, right? Okay. So, so, okay. I, this is me this is completely me it's not it's not anybody else i'm an oddity but camping for me i'm going to just i tried i tried to like write a note here to see how best to describe it but for me it's like when you see an ikea catalog right and you go you go to ikea and you get all the stuff and you bring it home and and everything looked good in the catalog and it was a good idea but then you get home and everything's still a fucking mess no matter how how much you, where you put it or what you put away or whatever right Camping for me is like that. It's like it just seems like such a cool idea to go and do. But when I get there, I just like the practical side of things. I find horrific, like toilet situation, like things getting wet, um, too much heat. And I, I know I'm just I'm, I'm just a complete moaner, right? I'm just so, like, uh, <laughs> how does that work? Like, how do you how do you actually enjoy it? Come on, what's so the I secret? Can, yeah, you know, I completely understand. Uh, is it equipment? Is it all down to like having well, no, good gear? No. No, it's not. I've got some brilliant stories of uh, being in the Lake District, up camping in the thousand of twenty pound six uh, one man tent. I literally bought for twenty pounds, uh, not very waterproof, torrential downpour. The only reason oh. I, I had to get back it, put, pack my sleeping gear away, clothes back on, waterproof trousers, coat in this tent. Um, the rain was getting blown off by gale force winds. It snapped the one pole, so the tent's just beating me in the side of the head all night. <laughs> uh, you know, I woke Jeez. up the next day. I, I felt awful, like barely slept and uh just fond memories but no it's i i just feel that you know if you go back in time if you, we used to we used to just human beings used to just roam around living in caves you know outside yeah. in nature all the time and wild camping and hiking and camping does connect you back with nature so yes the weather can be crap sometimes it can be wet and miserable um there's been countless times where 
my bag's got wet. You go to get your sleeping bag at night, it's, it's wet. You know, it's horrible. But you also, on the flip side, you get the, the good weather, the good views, the, the remote spots, and just the chance to unwind and disconnect from the everyday rat run of life, you know? Mm, I, I um, get it, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that for me is just this kind of a peaceful place to, to be. And, and yeah, I'm used to the bad weather. I think you chuck a bit of bad <laughs> weather in there sometimes and it just makes it exciting, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm going to blame the weekend gone for you then. <laughs> you, you must have <laughs> prayed for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of, I, I do get it. I do get that kind of like it's nice to be away from things. And, and like you say, you see spots and places and smells and sights that you that you wouldn't get anywhere else. You, you certainly wouldn't get in a hotel room, yeah? It's certainly um, not always as romantic as like instagram makes out you know wild camping but yeah it's, it's definitely there it's a good experience a simple existence and uh i urge everyone to try it really yeah it's funny you said that because i just literally had this image in my mind of like you know camping for me like you're right on instagram is like a drone flying around like a waterfall with blue skies and there's some there's somebody naked bathing in it and you just think wow that just looks amazing and yeah it's just, <laughs> well, they- it's just not like that <laughs> They have these tents where they, you know, they don't have to put the outer sheet on. They're just under a net because whatever country they're in, it doesn't rain there, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. My gosh. Anyway, I think I think this is why people avoid uh, running with me when we do hundred mile events because I just moan a lot. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I must get better. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit better now. It's kind of enduring the elements and and Dave. I think you'll kind of like agree with this that doing doing those sea swims that we've been doing like have really helped like deal with the cold better and things like that and just to kind of crack on and just get things done. So definitely, definitely. Do, do you do any of that when you go camping? Is there any kind of like lake swimming and stuff like that, like wild swimming and things like that? You've got to keep yourself clean somehow. Oh, I've definitely, uh, yeah, I've definitely uh, dipped my toes in the ri- a river or two, but um, you know, going back to talking about re- resilience with the weather and things like that, I think um, we have just had a, a lifetime of, um, yeah, we, we were doing a lot of camping and stuff just as mates in the local woods when we were kids and you know all these different things but i think certainly 12 years of working out in the countryside that's definitely sort of made me quite resilient i think to just being out in the weather and the elements all oh, yeah. yeah four seasons eight hours a day you know so that definitely does help <laughs> Hundred percent, yeah, I could imagine. It's um, yeah, it builds good resilience against, especially just like going out for a run for a couple of hours. You'll be like, oh, that's nothing. I've been out on it for eight hours. <laughs> for like days. Yeah, it's like just being used to being wet and miserable and cold. It's a, uh, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Well, I'm keen. I'm keen to kind of like find out, like maybe we could dig into some of the some of the juggle stuff because I, you know, the the, the juggle and or lead jog as it is backwards, uh, lands into John O'Groats. Um, we've already kind of spoken about it a little bit, but it is like a real like fascinating challenge because there's so many kind of stories from it. And I, I don't know whether you guys know the the, con, the, the controversy around it, around the record. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess maybe like to summarize. So in the shortest way I can possible for those listeners listening. So there was a there was a, a very well-known and very good ultra runner called, I think it was Richard Brown, who, who used to have the record back in the 80s. And then there was a runner called uh, Andy Rivet. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think in 2002, he got Guinness World Records involved and, or he may not have got them involved beforehand. I'm not sure how that worked, but he basically ra- uh, ran the route in, um, in inverted commas uh and i think he did i think he did run it but he basically claimed that he did it in nine days and two hours mm-hmm. which 
I'm, I'm, I can't remember how much quicker that was than Richard Brown, but it was significantly quicker. Yeah, I don't know much about the Richard Brown record, but um, yeah, the Andy Rivett one, it's it's been, um, there's a lot of controversy surrounding that. So I, I did, I have read for interest, you know, different blogs and different reporters and whatnot. Um, I wouldn't personally like to, to pass too much judgment, but on the record, we had a recently, um, a couple of years ago in 2020, Dan Lawson. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he he got really close to to that record, which you know Dan's an, an awesome runner, and um, it kind of makes Andy Rivett's record. You know, he kind of questions it more, doesn't it? Because, but yeah, I'll let I think you carry Dan. On with that anyway. well, well, no, no, you're exactly right. I think like going on what you just said there. I mean, Dan Lawson doesn't really need any introduction if you haven't heard of him. Go go and Google him. But he, I mean, he is. I think he, I think he's like the six day running world champ or was, um, mm -hmm. and yeah he's a he's an ultra runner of proper class and he found it difficult to get to get I think he got within like twenty nineteen hours of the record or something but he was broken oh. at the end I mean he had blisters on his mouth and he just so he, he was yeah he, finished he, he, he was, you're right he was nineteen nineteen hours after nine days twenty one hours um, yes yeah and this is this guy is like you just said he's a record holder yeah when it comes to running. Andy yeah. Rivett was a, um, I think he was a boat builder, I believe. Yeah, he's a boat builder, and I think he, boat builder. yeah, yeah. In terms of club running as well, like, because because there was a, in fact, listeners, because it gets confusing the story. I think I think what might be best is to is to if anybody's interested in seeing the story and hearing the story, the best place to go is look for the Jog On YouTube uh, channel, which is um, my friend Harry's um, podcast. And he does a really good interview with a with a man called Will Cockrell, who did some investigation with there and actually visited Andy Rivett, spoke to him about it, got his side of the story, and then try and try and piece it all together. But yeah, I think Will Cockrell and and many other people really questioned that record because there wasn't real uh, real kind of GPS evidence, yeah, um, supporting Andy Rivett's um, uh, run or yeah. run time, um, apart from a, a few photos like with him with a police officer and stuff and. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems a bit kind of like odd, and I think you know, I guess yeah, we're... it's one of those yeah. things. I I I I um, did actually read the uh, Will Cockle um, interviews and stuff, and um, okay, I looked. Yeah, I've looked into all that, and I kind of do have my own opinions, but I also, you know, at the same time, I think we we all need to be a, a bit careful because if you know if somebody's gone out there they've done something amazing and then imagine just getting a legit effort questioned yeah. you know it's, it must be really tough so well who knows but but anyway the good thing is um with dan lawson's um attempt and, and what a fantastic effort that was is that the whole nine days is a is a reality target you know it's a reality record yeah. um so nine days is, is legit either way so that's yeah. that's pretty pretty impressive yeah absolutely no it's good and, and, and i think you're right you know, you know i don't i don't pass any judgment here myself but it is certainly a, a kind of interest point it definitely um, is yeah yeah definitely. yeah for, for people who are running but yeah i think there was a little bit kind of to and froing of emails between you know uh, uh cockerel and and rivets in the end and there was a little bit of kind of like you know you know why are you accusing me of this but anyway i want to find out james how long it took you 
So it took us uh, 39 days um, and the route that we chose ended up being around about 967 miles. So um, quite, it's quite amusing because uh, the, when the local papers and media sort of um, did reports, they, you can just imagine the uh, reporter just jumping on Google. Oh, how, how long is that route again? So it'd say 39 days, 834 miles. We're like, that's 967 roughly. But yeah, what? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, joggle it's as long as or as short as you make it i think the shortest possible road route is 830 something but um yeah uh, our journey 967 miles roughly i'm actually currently uh working it out exactly using our gps data and replotting okay. it on os maps so yeah one day if i do finish that i'll let you know <laughs> wow out. Wow, and you remember all the little bits of road and everything and pathways you took, and God, that must take ages. <laughs> yeah, so I, we both, um, so introduction again for anyone listening. So I did joggle with my friend Will, so we'll, we can maybe get into the whole story there, but the two of us set off together, both of us made it. So we both kept a journal the whole way through. So okay. um, yeah, I've got and, and photographs and the GPS data is a lot of reference to for me to be able to pull it up and you know bring it back to life when i need to okay good 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 uh, that's excellent yeah i was going to say i was going to mention as well that you that you ran it with a friend and i think um your same friend will you'd done the three peaks challenge with as well is that right yeah that well that kind of was our our first um little running adventure so long story short um will and i actually used to play in a, in a band together years ago um and as as that all fizzed out we kind of went our own ways we stayed in touch good friends and, and whatnot but um he got heavily into mountain biking and did a fair few trips in the alps and uh you know we were doing our own thing um and i don't want to go into it too much because it's obviously a personal story but uh will and his, his best friend had a trip to um the alps on mountain bikes um and his friend damien uh, didn't make it to the bottom of a, of a run one day had a bad crash um and he was left paralyzed from that so that was a as you can imagine that was a, a really traumatic experience um yeah. so sort of when when will got back to the uk um you know we, we caught up and he, he spoke to me about it and i said look why don't we just go off to wales or something we'll just do a day hike catch up get away from it a bit so we did and that kind of that was when it all sort of started again so the the yorkshire dales free peaks challenge by that point we had kind of got into running a bit, bit more together and it sort of escalated quickly it was like well, you know, if, if we run these these little adventures, then we'll be able to cover more ground. Essentially, that was the idea. So we got into a bit of running. Two weeks two weeks after we bought a pair of running trainers each, we went one Friday after work. We drove up to the Yorkshire Dales, slung a tent up in a car park because we couldn't find anywhere to camp. Got awoken by, um, I think, the bin men or something after a few <laughs> hours the next day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we came out of the tent and it's just the car park's rammed. Everyone's going to do the Yorkshire Dales Free Peaks hike. So... We, we we ran it first first marathon ish in about six and a half hours nice. um and that was that was kind of it then you know the fire was was lit and the idea the idea spawned from there well yeah kind of eventually i think beyond that we um kind of noticed and discovered the sort of sort of world of adventure runners and now you can go onto the internet and you can find um, some really good stories of guys that have done, you know, Dan Keeley, um, Rome to Home. So ran from Rome Coliseum back to the London Eye. Ah, okay. Um, 
there, you know, there's lo there's lots of them. Guys like Sean Conway is famous for doing lots of self-supported adventures. Jamie Ramsey um, running the Americas, and you know, guys, there's some really cool stories out there. Um, is there actually a website for that? Is there actually a website for like those big kind of adventure runs in? Um, was it the FK? But, maybe on the FKT website or something? No, I don't think of that. I think um, you just well, I tell you what, we we um, the, you know, the National Running Show in the NEC Birmingham. Yes, yeah. So the first year that that that's the, so that its first launch year, um, it came up on social media. So oh, National Running Show, this looks good. First year, Will, do you want to go? Yeah, cool. So we got tickets and. That was actually a brilliant year for us because um, all of the speakers that were doing the, the talks and whatnot, they were all from the adventure running sort of world. Like ah, the, cool. and the, and they're like normal guys that don't, they're not, not Olympians and famous athletes. They're normal guys that have done incredible things. And um, it was a really good opportunity to network nice. um, and, and also just listen to these inspirational stories. So, yeah, you kind of, there's not really one hub that you can go to, but, you know, I'd happily, uh, share some names of you if you wanted to look in that you know after this oh, yeah, so there's a whole world of, of people doing crazy things in backpacks basically <laughs> so james I was, I was just wondering if i could perhaps maybe ask how you go about planning something like like joggle because it's all good and well like <laughs> i say it's i say it's all good and well like i find planning for like 100 mile events you know doesn't matter where they are even if they're just like around a track somewhere it's it's a nightmare and like to do something like that like where you're planning where you're going to stop, where you're going to camp, where you're going to stay. Like, how does it all work? How do, where do you start? So, you know, there's, there's no short answer, but um, it, when it comes to planning the actual logistics of the adventure, um, quite simply, I bought a, a huge laminated map of Britain um, with, with all of the roads and a few main routes and stuff. Um, and I, ha I just basically slapped it on my lounge wall and there's just, it was covered in post-it notes. I've still got it rolled up, actually. Um, wow. with, with the post notes on it and we had like different route options so obviously there's plenty of people that have, that have done joggle um not necessarily all self-supported not necessarily all in, you know, in one go but it's been done so there's there's various options to look at and and also when it comes to like scotland there aren't actually many ways that you would go there's really sensibly one or two options the as you go through um so that was quite easy and, and obviously we looked for um the big long distance uh footpaths and, and trails that to follow rather than just roads you know so for example scotland inverness we, we did the great glen way down to fort william and then on fort william west highland way into glasgow now okay. that's a that's a huge chunk of the route sorted easy as that it, it got a lot more difficult um through england for sure um, okay. but, but once we, you know, like I said, we had options A and B and, and sometimes C for, for route options. Did you, have, did, you have, did you have like a paper map on you? So, um, did you have to keep getting it out no. and going, okay, which, okay. No, no, it was, um, so like I said, we, for the most part of Scotland, at least all the way to the border. So, you know what, actually the whole of Scotland was, was really simple, um, okay. because, you decide your route and when you're actually there like especially in the remote north you can imagine the road that you want to take is actually the only road around you for miles you can't really go wrong <laughs> so that was it was it was brilliant and it was actually great to start that way around for for that reason you got quite comfortable like putting the miles behind you without really having to worry about it too much and going okay. wrong that's good um 
so yeah no we just used um google maps and os maps uh and we'd sort of plan the next day in more detail the night before so that was that was something we did every evening it's, it's easy to sort of connect some dots on a map but in reality you know there's a whole world you have to you have to get through so yeah we just sort of planned loosely planned the next day the night before um we knew where we were going roughly um so yeah that was that was kind of how we planned the logistics side when it comes to just trying to squeeze one of these in around life um that was another big motivation for me mm-hmm. so a lot a lot of these big adventures um or, or anything sport related where someone achieves something amazing you know usually they have um, a big support crew and sponsors and funding and for us normal people it's hard to dream big isn't it when you know oh I'm never gonna you know I'm never gonna get that support um, how would I ever do that um, and that's what I loved about the adventure running sort of world you know we'll call it adventure running because yeah. people were in there are saying you know I quit my corporate job and yes I had some money behind me so I could afford to go and do this and that bridged the gap for me between elite athlete that you can't really mimic and and then actually it, it sort of showed me that normal people can one way or another find a way to make a dream work and and then I guess a motivating motivating factor for me then was to bridge the gap even more down from okay well I don't have a corporate job and I'm not in a great position in life to quit with all these savings if I'm going to do it I'm a normal guy that works 11 hour days doesn't get paid you know uh, a handsome wage you know it's quite normal I have bills I have a family to consider and can I make this work and, and same for work can, can we make this work um, and obviously the answer was, was yes so there's a lot of planning that comes yeah. into play yeah how am I going to pay my mortgage for uh, the three months off I have in total and you know a bit of a nightmare but um, where there's a will there's a way there's a really good saying um, doubt kills more dreams than failure does and that's totally true you can easily talk yourself out of something um, you know struggle to find the answers of how am I going to make this work or you can just go and make it work so that's that's how you plan a, a big adventure you just have to grab it by the balls and go for it really I do this so there's so much good stuff in there you just said man yeah really really good making your dream like making that. your dreams happen man, awesome. <laughs> definitely a man off my own heart <laughs> yeah yeah lots of great takeaway stuff there um did 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 out of interest like you said about kind of you know maybe elite athletes or like people who are looking for like to break records and stuff, like get a lot of support and sponsorship and stuff did anybody did, did general like people help you along the route did you meet any like interesting people that kind of like, oh, said, oh, stay here or stay there or whatever uh so we we had a small following in general but we also had uh some incredible support we met great people along the way so it's quite funny if you were in a pub in the middle of nowhere in Scotland dressed as we were with backpacks and all the rest people were interested in what you were doing we couldn't go anywhere without have, we were having the same conversation it was a lovely conversation we never got bored of it but people asking what we we're doing and okay. they're just fascinated by what we we're doing uh, giving us cash for sponsors or uh, going on the website and donating uh, and then they were commenting on Facebook oh we saw you at this place and so that was amazing. And we also, because of the charity link, um, we can get onto that in a bit if you want to, but because we're raising money for charity, a lot of people that have been 
um, you know, somehow use the charity or, or whatever, have a connection with the charity. Um, they were also just messaging us uh, lots of lovely words and then off, offering us a, a place to stay or to restock on food or, or whatever. Um, Amazing. We got a lot, but the problem was we, we didn't actually, one person ran out of their house and, and caught us because um, they saw us running past because they actually lived on the main sort of joggle or jog route um, oh right yeah it was, it was in cornwall we happened to be using that that section you know for, and they they ran out and, and stopped us um offered us a place to stay the night but you know it, it never really worked out right that was in the middle of the day and we you know, we couldn't just stop we needed to keep going or people were saying are, are you are you running through here and we weren't we were five or ten miles over on the map so it just didn't uh, okay. always work out to detour but yes we got we got some great support and met some great people that's nice. That's nice. That kind of makes each day and each hour kind of different to the next. And you never know who you're going to meet and kind of uh, some, some good variety in characters. And it's nice. It's actually, that sounds really nice. I love that people were sending messages that have used um, even the charity and, and, and stuff. And out of interest, which charity were you, were, you, were you raising money for? So there was two. So we, obviously Will and I had, had one each. Um, and for Will, it wasn't a re we didn't raise for a registered charity. It was okay. to raise money to help his friend da Damien that I was telling you about earlier the mountain bike Great. crash yeah. to direct to directly help him um with needs in life you know okay adapt, adapting his, his home to you know for for basically a, a new life um cool. so that was that one the the one I chose was um it's a charity called Eagle Pickles um uh, and it's uh they support premature babies um basically the NICU units in, in hospitals, um, they don't get any funding for the for the incubators and all the specialist equipment for premature babies. Okay. Um, it's all the all the funding is raised uh, through charity, and Ickle Pickles is the, um, the, the pretty much the main one. So my I've got uh, two nieces and they're twins, Phoebe and Isabel, um, and they were born uh, really really premature. Uh, it was a really tough time for uh, my sister and my my brother-in-law uh, and obviously yeah. for the family in general um, and that charity supported um my family through that period um yeah. and and also effectively funded all the of the equipment that saved uh, my niece's life so um wow. so yeah that so we chose that charity so you can imagine we had some really touching messages from people that had also you know had similar experiences yeah amazing absolutely amazing oh good work and yeah i like uh, you know will's charity obviously very close to heart and the money went directly to to helping his mate so that, that, that must have provided both of you with some pretty good inspiration to keep going every every day and did you have like any any days where you needed to draw upon that kind of strength or were, was was everything okay generally during during the trip or was there any days and like you had you know really that went really well and really badly anytime you wanted to pack up and go home Oh, do you know what like it's we we kind of like psyched ourselves up for it beforehand like you know there's an element of like you are scared and out your out of your depth as as, as yeah. excited as you are you don't know what you're going into and um we just got our heads together and uh, you know we, if we have to crawl to the end you know we might we might go through this but we'll stick by each other we really locked in and we we had each other's back in that sense um but funny enough, from the from the moment that we set off, morale 
was always really high like it, it have its moments for sure but it was always really really high and um there's never a time where we wanted to quit and go home um i don't think for either of us like nowhere near there's definitely some difficult moments where uh, the diva in us probably came out individually regarding yeah, yeah. <laughs> food or needing a shower or something i don't know but but um yeah that, yes don't get me wrong it, it got really tough at times but i think the this is a, a whole other story but you know the, the place where certainly on a personal level where i was me- mentally going into it as well you know nothing that joggle could have thrown at us was going to make us quit we both had our reasons and, and for sure um yeah you know what we went through with, with damien and then therefore having that motivation to to complete it and um, you know everything else there's yeah. ne- there's never a moment that we were going to pack up <laughs> well i'll I tell you what the answer that you gave there actually matches 100% to the video I found on YouTube of you guys. <laughs> no, really? Yeah, I did my, I did my, I did some some more research as well into into your attempt, and I found various kind of websites that had that had your um your story there. I think a few had shared shared the experience, and I found the YouTube video, and I I'm going to include it in the show notes as well. So if anybody's okay. keen keen to go and look up, or just Google just Google your name and and joggle, and you'll you'll find it on there. Out of interest, which video is it? It's the one with, I think it's got about three or four music tracks. It's about 13 minutes long. Uh, yeah, so basically, um, so yeah, I chucked, that was uh, the majority of my GoPro footage. I didn't really know what to do with it. I didn't want to lose it just in yeah. case. So I stitched it all together, chucked it on YouTube. But I never really promote that um, channel. It's just there if anyone discovers it. Yeah, it's um, great. It's good to see. There is also a like an edit of outtakes, which is about, two minutes long if if people would prefer to uh, watch that so <laughs> okay well well i'll tell you what i'm i'm going to grab a photo from you at some point anyway because you're going to email me on for the show you, you don't know the okay, show cool. but i was going to ask you later <laughs> <laughs> but um what, what i'll do is I'll, I'll get if you send me those two links as well just to make yeah. sure it's the right ones and then we can uh, i'll share them on the notes as well but i'm sure people would be keen to go and see go and see what that was like because yeah it's uh, it's awesome and I saw, I saw like you guys pitching a tent and uh, uh drinking drinking out of rivers dude how do you like is, yeah, that, so, is, is that okay to do is it safe yeah yeah so um yeah i've done it so many times but if you, you can imagine uh carrying weight is a big big deal right so every liter of water is another kilogram and yeah every kilogram on your back you can times that by four on your knees when you're running it's a it's a weight is a big thing so besides all the uh lightweight kit um what we, we, we can't just carry loads of water and when you're in the remote parts of scotland for example there's a shop like sometimes a shop or a pub every 10 15 miles right yeah, actually there's a place called crask inn um and it's actually on google maps as crask inn the only thing in there is the crask inn which is a, a pub and a barn opposite um called the crask inn um but there's nothing around it for so that whole day of you know 25 26 miles that is the only piece of civilization we saw now we were carrying two 750 mil bottles each. So that's a litre and a half. Um, so that's why we had to be able to drink out of rivers. So um, we just used this device called a MSR trail shot. Um, and it's basically, there's, there's lots on the market. It's a water filtration device. Just pump out a river or whatever into the bottle. Um, the water's quite brown in Scotland, a bit peaty, but yeah, you know, it's fine. We stayed okay. hydrated. 
Interesting. I, I just Googled that place, by the way, and I, yeah, I can see what you mean. It's just very That's barren amazing. around there. It's really cool. Like there's going back to camping, it, camping might not be for everyone, but when you're, when you're exploring, um, you know, that distance, the whole of Great Britain on foot and you're camping every night. Can you imagine the places that you come across where oh, yeah. if you were going on holiday or, or even in a camper van, you'd drive past these places to get to the, the place where you want to stay, you know, but going on foot, you you just see everything that's you know mm. you wouldn't otherwise see, and uh, yeah. So um, yeah, crash. I guess um, I guess James, you've got to have like a certain amount of trust in yourself to be able to go and do that kind of thing. Because <clears throat> uh, one of the things that sometimes puts me off, and uh, I should probably be more confident about it, is like my own ability to look after myself without people there to kind of give me that like a bit of coke or those gels or a bit of food and actually planning it yeah so did, did you feel like when you when you're planning it you're like quite vulnerable or we like let's go and like plan this properly and make sure that we give ourselves the best chance or what well, did it feel like when you made it? yeah um that's a really good point but um I, I never really did feel intimidated in that way like uh, I did so much research before. Um, I found other people that had done it or were doing it. I spoke to people on Facebook joggle groups. Um, some people that were going for FKTs for self-supported or people, you know, people are, are generally like, you know, in the running community, it's the same same thing. People will chat to you and you can have good conversations about it. And, and um you know, read books and watched whatever I could find on YouTube. And I kind of, once we had started to pick a route together, you can kind of go, well, you know, there's, we might have a 10, 15 mile section, then we'll get to this place. And there's a town there, there's a shop there. You know, you can, and once you come out, Scotland's quite remote in the north, but once you get to Glasgow um, and down into Carlisle, you know, England, you can't, you can't really get that far away from civilization to be really worried about it. Yeah. So that yeah. was a bit of a comfort for me. There's always a co-op around the corner, yeah? There is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. Like Mark, Mark Cockbane's putting on this race called The Line, which is advertised as 300 miles, and it's totally self-supported. So all you get is the start and the finish, and then nothing in between. Like not even a drop of water, you're not even allowed someone to help you or to pass you anything. And it's the kind of thing that I'd love to do, but can I trust myself to do it properly without ending up dead in a ditch? Yeah, so I, I need to, you need to send me a link so we can, I can sort of discuss this with you better. But um, yeah, bas basically, like, so I, I'd imagine that's a self supported, um, the rules are in general, you. You don't get any help, but you can go to a shop or a pub and buy food. Yeah. So yeah, this exactly. this race sounds like it's unsupported, which is where you you have to like um, MDS. You take all your food on day one and carry it yeah. with you. Yeah. So um, mm. I mean, apart from carrying the extra weight, that's that's a bit easier because you know your food's in your backpack. Um, mm. But but yeah, I think if you fancy it, you just you got to have a go at it. Really, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> <laughs> it's, good, it's a good ass she's had james absolutely <laughs> what's the worst that can happen james you did you did you didn't obviously didn't hear about dave's um long last attempt and how he was wandering around the streets 
<laughs> 220 miles into the race. <laughs> uh, we did. Yeah, we, Dave, we were chatting about this at the weekend, yeah. weren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's going to happen this year, Dave, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, James, incredible. I mean, like, we could sit here and talk about Joggle all day because I, I like... I mean, I wrote down loads of questions that I could ask you, and, and and a lot of them you've answered, but but just absolutely epic. I mean, it sounds like a real kind of life-changing uh, experience and stuff. And, and I guess like maybe like one question to end off with is like, you know, although that was challenging and hard, and you had all those reasons for doing it and stuff like that, I guess it it kind of does kind of help and build you as a person, does it? Yeah. So there is one aspect of juggle that um, certainly for me personally that wasn't ever shared and uh, spoke about and and that was definitely the sort of the the mental journey that I went on before during and afterwards mm-hmm. um and so yes it was it was really life affirming and life changing so i just yeah in all honesty i think 8 months before joggle um just things got a little bit tough we, we've all been you know we've all been there you have you have your moments in life but it just decided to uh, kick off a bit about eight months before juggle okay. um and uh i think um you know and, and that was before juggle was a was an idea at all no no literally eight months before we were going i'd been obsessing about juggle it took over oh, my okay. life i kind of left there, neglected everything else and i don't regret any of it it was it was all you know it was it all meant to, to be but yeah yeah girlfriend at the time dumped me uh could barely afford my mortgage payments you know balancing all these juggling all these things at once going how am I going to make all this work and still run juggle and looking back over my life going oh this is the reason that this isn't right and you know just it took me a long time I think to um to find my place in the in the world I got I was approaching my 30s when we when we planned juggle and I just felt like I'd not really achieved anything and hadn't really experienced life and maybe I was a bit behind um, to, you know, the, the whole idea of what life should be like when, when you're a kid and you think, oh yeah, when I'm older, I'll, I'll be like, you know, mum and dad or, you know, whatever. You just kind yeah. of, you, th- you think it's just going to happen. And then all of a sudden you're nearly 30 and you're like, like, wow, what's going on? Um, so yeah, kind of had a bit of a rough, rough time. And um, yeah, it was a bit of pick yourself up and dust yourself off. And uh it kind of it then sort of sprung on me that joggle was like meant to be you know it was mm. everything had bottlenecked into joggle and it was like it was like make or break you know i like I, I couldn't see a way forward without sort of completing this challenge first and that was a a real personal thing it's like fa- face the demons you know prove prove to yourself prove your worth to yourself you know it's a real personal battle there and a personal challenge and um and i think that was the the biggest um you know you, you can imagine coming out of the end of that and going you know i can do it and and having that confidence in yourself and that that self-belief that, that was probably the biggest life-changing aspect for me other than the the great experience of actually doing yeah. it yeah, yeah. You know, it's, like... it's coming out the other side so yeah. sounds like a, a kind yeah. of like a, like a busy intersection in life that you had to just you were aiming towards it going holy shit what's going on and then you went through it and it you yeah, know, I kind of, back. yeah yeah i kind of i feel like it was all uh it was all written for me you know years and years ago maybe uh, maybe it was just always meant to be um like i said I, yeah, I was a parent quite young and um off the radar didn't really do any um traveling or any you know didn't really experience much when i was younger and uh 
was, I was busy doing some other bits and pieces um, that you kind of have to have to do and uh, yeah maybe that was my maybe that was my my moment you know so um cool. well so you it, did it so, yeah. it's certainly like you, you described something really beautiful there which is about like kind of like personal investment you made in it um and about how about how you put all of your your effort into it your focus and it's really clear how focused you were for it so that it gave you the best chance of actually doing it um but you also described something that we also spoke about yesterday and you kind of hinted at today as well james is that like um you know when i work in mental health you see people that get to their 40s and particularly male um people who are maybe 40 to 42 who um are where suicide is the big killer, biggest killer of male people and i know you're sort of 10 years previous to this but I do have this kind of hypothesis where people get to this this age and this point in their time where the fairy tale of life starts to wear off on them and they get like you know they start to think well is this my lot is this life for me you know that kind of almost like the delusion of youth has worn off and people yeah. kind of start to see things a little bit more clearly and yeah and uh, you know that they might not be millionaires they might not be rock stars they might not be this they might not be that but actually that they have to kind of um, accept, you know, even though they might have a lot of love around them, that, that actually living in, you know, Clanfield at the age of 40 and having a normal mortgage and a normal job and you've got work for the next 20 years is actually your life, you know. And yeah. I do think that there's an element of that in that it dawns, it dawns on people and it can be really, really hard to accept. So. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I think I, think I, I did experience a, uh like a, a bit of that myself and it, it definitely was you know and it, it, it just funny enough sprung on me eight, eight months before and um and yeah but I think there's a, a lifetime in the making for that to happen you know that that was I think it was always yeah. going to happen to me that all of a sudden I'd be like man I've, you know I'm, I'm, I'm single uh, yeah I'm a yes I'm a parent and that's a massive motivation for me but I, I'm a separated parent so I don't get to be with my son all the time so when he's not around and I'm just sat at home on my own existing basically in a in a in a job that I was grateful for but was you know never never going to go too far with and um yeah it was that definitely you've just summed it up it's kind of that acceptance of this is it now and uh it's easy to go back yeah. through life looking at what was wrong and it's hard to look forward but some somebody actually said to me um and this might help anybody else I don't know someone said to me uh, you know imagine if you could meet your 100 year old self and just go and sit on a bench somewhere um, and listen to all the stories from your 100 year old self you know that, that what they would tell you now about your life yeah um, and and that changed everything for me because straight away I was thinking about all of the you know I was looking forward but you know you could be anything you could you could say oh yeah you won the lottery and you had a Ferrari if that's what you wanted or yeah, you know, but it made me start thinking about my own life and what what I kind of would want, I guess, and it and that made me look forward. And the moment I started looking forward was the moment that I kind of got back on the horse and and carried on, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. Sounds awesome. I've got to ask this because um, purely because of the personal uh, kind of trends that I have when I go and do races. Is that I'll, I'll have a certain amount of investment and it won't be a 
as big as the investment you had in your in, in doing that. But I'll have a lot of emotional investment going to a race. I'll you know, train for a few months. I'll put myself in a lot of pain to get to the start line, do the race, and race is over in an instant, it feels like. And then I'll have quite a big emotional and physical crash for about two weeks after that, where I have to go on a bender, I have to <laughs> completely live rip and totally just kind of um, escape in another way. Um, did you get any of that after doing Joe? Uh, no, um, I think I was, you know, it's so crazy from, as I was just saying, life was pretty miserable before. Um, and then we had the absolute time of our lives. I'm really grateful for Will. He's such a good mate and a great guy and a great laugh. And we just have this dynamic when we're together where we're always laughing. It's always fun and joggle was the best experience ever and i hope if anyone looks back into sort of my social medias or digs out any videos like you say that that you'll see that but moving forward um i was on such a high when we finished um but i'd also um not long i'd met my who now wife um and when i kind of got back from joggle we kind of went from being um you know sort of seeing each other before and uh and kind of like look i'm doing this and and you know maybe see what happens when i get back and, I, and by the time i'd finished we were pretty close and uh we had all these plans and we had a we had a great year like finished the rest of the year doing some really cool stuff um and that kind of i guess that was like making the adventure blues a bit better for me um just had this ability to be able to look at the future and be excited and make plans and you know, go out there and get it. And I think that was a bit of a one-off maybe. So I can, yeah, I think because it was such a mental year, that was, it was easy to have that sort of way of moving forward. If you ask me now, four years later, I mean, like ask me after um, uh, my next long race or something, I'll probably say, yeah, I needed to go out the pub and just drink, drink the blues away. But I don't know. <laughs> at, at, at the time, it was so easy to, that high was so big that it just lasted for like, you know, it, it's, it's still there to be honest. Oh, awesome. It's awesome. It's absolutely, and like, if we always go back round to this because um, Dan and I talk a lot, like just doing our 30 minutes at the beginning of the podcast and um, almost every week we come up, although it's just running, you know, all it is is putting your shoes on and going for a run. There's so much more to it and there's so much more of this like kind of emotional investment side to it that brings out kind of deep stories and people and deep experience. Mm. And whenever we meet new people, whether we talk ourselves, we suddenly start getting almost philosophical about life. And it's all because of running. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's a really kind of strange trait with running, but it, it and it always brings it out. And you can meet new people and then you end up sort of talking about these really deep things even within a first like few times that you've met them yeah you know and and it's just really odd that it brings it out in almost everyone that i've heard or everyone that i've met goes for a run i think i think because running like as you've just said it's such a simple activity to do isn't it it's not like oh you know you get getting into skiing or mountain biking where you need this expensive equipment it's it's simple you put your trainers on you go for a run and whilst you're running you just experience a full body you know your heart and lungs are pumping your your muscles are working your brain is is battling with the can i just keep running to the next you know whatever your milestone is whether it's to the next lamppost or whether it's a 50k race your whole body is firing on all cylinders 
um, and it's it's a great time to reflect on things or to you know just be alone with yourself in your in your mind whoever you are yeah. I think it, it like you say it does bring that out of us and it is great for that <laughs> it's fantastic I, you know like I use it for problem solving I use it to relax I use it to have a laugh with friends I use it to drink with people you know it's just it's a strangely versatile endeavor, really. Yeah, I mean, I think we were saying at the weekend, like, because Jogger was such a, a mind over matter thing, um, especially going into it and then coming out of it, um, you know, it's an op- opportunity for me to put like lifelong demons to bed. And as I was saying uh, the other other day when we were having this discussion, it's the same for me on a race now. You know, like when a race gets tough, it's just you in your head, but you have an opportunity to like be in the boring with your, with your mind, you know, it's like, who's going to win. And I, I really love that. Like, you know, life's good. Like I'm a happy guy. Every, like I'm loving life, but I love the suffering sometimes on a race. It gives you an opportunity to just, just get that little win again. You know, like when your brain's mm-hmm. saying stop like, or it's getting tough and you can just have that battle and win, hopefully. <laughs> It's that happens good. to be every race, mate. Every race, every yeah, race. <laughs> exactly. Pretty you much. Have to dig deep to find that guy that's like, bring him on. Let's do it. Yeah, you can go on all sorts of journeys, you know. So yeah, running's good. Listen, James. Um, I know in the interest of time, we've we've had you for ages now. Um, if people want to follow you um on social media and things like that, or 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 anywhere they can get in touch if they've got questions about juggle or planning a route, like Dave's going to chat to you about the line race and. Where can, where can people follow you and, and find out more? Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram, James O. Grinter, and uh, people can drop me a, an email or a or, or message if they want to go down that, that route. I don't post too much stuff, but there's uh, cool. maybe a few interesting things there. <laughs> Perfect. Excellent stuff. And and I don't know if you've listened to the show before, but we always end the show on uh, with, a, with a few recovery run questions. Yeah, so, so it's it. So I so I've got a couple for you, David. I don't know whether you've uh, you've brought a couple of questions as well. So here we go. First one is uh, current favourite running shoes on road and trail. Um, Salomon S Lab Ultra Three for trail. Um, I don't have favourite road shoes. Um, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm running in Brooks. <laughs> cool. Perfect. Perfect. Go on, Dave. Have you got one? Um, <clears throat> what what shoes did you run um, over with? I knew I knew this was going to come up. <laughs> uh, two two pairs of shoes. The Scottish leg was uh was Hocker Challenger ATR. Um, yeah, man. I I didn't wear them before, but I I, I think they're I don't know they're just a bit bigger on the market at the time. I don't know, but I I tried a pair on because they had the appeal of that ultra cushioned trail shoe, and obviously we needed to do a bit of trail running and a lot of road running. So it, it worked. Um, but then uh, in Glasgow from a running shop, I bought a pair of Brooks Adrenaline uh, 19. It was at the time, obviously. And I'm still running in Brooks Adrenaline now on, on the road. Cool. And we did, we did, you know, did the Thousand Lake District in those uh, road shoes. So uh, yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect stuff. Um, one place in the UK um, that if you had the choice to go and, and run tomorrow, just like a 10k or whatever where would you go oh man uh oh god hard question uh, <laughs> yeah that's a super hard question uh, it'd be somewhere oh. in scotland <laughs> sorry i don't have a better answer than that that's fine my brain scotland's, was on good. Fire then. <laughs> scotland's good scotland's good dave have you got another question 
No, I was just saying the pub. <clears throat> <laughs> and listen, out of interest, just because we had the music thing earlier, favourite band at the moment? What are you, what are you listening to? Uh, favourite band at the moment, Bears Den. Uh, but I do listen. I listen to everything. Like you know. Awesome, Dave. Do you know them? No, I don't actually. I've not heard them. <clears throat> However, he did put me on to uh, Bears Feet. Yeah, uh, Bears Feet. Yeah, they're good if you want to headbang for a bit. But Bears Den, quite chilled out. Check them out. They're good. Awesome, awesome, James. Listen, mate, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on. Love the joggle chat, and I can't wait to run again because I've got all the other questions I'd love. Um, I'd love to speak to you about, and yeah, yeah lo- loads more to find out. But yeah, really appreciate your time, mate. Um, yeah, as I say, this, it's a pleasure, man. This this show is nothing without the guests and Dave as well. <laughs> so thank you, thank you guys, <laughs> much appreciated, and look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Take care. All the best. Yeah, bye bye. Bye.